0: Hey guys, Angie Atkinson here with QueenBeing.com. Today we're going to discuss drug addiction, alcoholism, and narcissism. It's a toxic cocktail. Let's get started. So like I said, my name is Angie Atkinson. I am a certified life coach. I am an author and a survivor. Real quick to give you an overview of what you can find um, online to give you some free or inexpensive help, uh, QueenBeing.com, you can find free resources for survivors of narcissistic abuse and relationships, uh, including plenty of free downloads, articles, all kinds of good stuff. Um, BooksAngieWrote.com is my website. Well, it goes right to my Amazon page where you can find many of my books on this topic and related topics, and narcissismsupportcoach.com is where you can get personalized recovery, uh, you know, coaching from me, myself, and also a free five-day email course you can sign up for um, that I designed specifically for narcissistic abuse survivors. All right, so let's get going. I'm going to start today with a quote. It's from Susan Cheever, and she says, addiction isn't about substance. You aren't addicted to the substance you are addicted to the alteration of mood that the substance brings. Interesting, right? All right, so if you're dealing with a narcissist who's also an addict, then you're likely under more pressure than most people. So there are a lot of good reasons for that and I'm gonna kind of give you a quick overview of that today and what you can do to deal with a narcissist addict, okay? So if you do have an addict in your family or you've ever dealt with an addict, uh, you know how it can be painful, it can be difficult and, and this is for everyone involved. So today we're going to kind of take a glimpse into the families of addicts and what they deal with, as well as giving you some vital answers that you're going to need to know if you're dealing with one now. And and this video will be specifically for uh, people who are in families with narcissists who are addicts. Okay. So the first thing you're going to do is start by giving yourself a break. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, of course you're feeling a lot of different emotions right now and you're kind of teetering between wanting to love your addict better or your narcissist uh, and wanting to run as far and fast as possible. Now, feelings of love, hate, sorrow, and even elation, you know, can cycle through you faster than the bad tuna you ate last week, right? But we need to find a place to start. So The thing you need to know is there, first of all, there are only very few things you can really do to help a narcissist, um, an addict. Now, if the addict is also a narcissist, then the list is even shorter. But what you can do is you can educate yourself and you can make informed decisions as you go through the process. Okay. And whichever member of the family you are, you know, you need to understand whether it's, you know, your best friend or your son or your daughter or your mother or your father, wife, husband, whatever it is, you need to understand that what you're dealing with. And before you understand what you're dealing with, you can't really deal with it. So this video is meant to educate you and help you to begin to make informed decisions or to continue to make informed decisions. I'm sure you're educating yourself right now uh, in other ways as well. So let's talk about first, why might a narcissist become an alcoholic or an addict? Obviously, you know, the regular stuff like everyone else there, everyone has reasons. But regarding narcissism specifically, since a lot of narcissists seem to think that they're kind of special or different above the law, rules don't apply to them, that kind of stuff, excuse me, um, they often derive pleasure from engaging in like really reckless um, anti-social behavior, right? Not to mention exploiting other people at times. So a lot of times they think they have the right to bully people, to humiliate them, to force them into taking responsibility for or even covering for the narcissist's bad behavior or other mistakes or choices. But then some narcissists are known for their, you know, risky activities like drug and alcohol, uh, drug and alcohol consumption in excess. And these are the types of things that often fuel those narcissistic behaviors. You understand what I mean? So a lot of times, narcissists are in codependent relationships anyway, as you and I both know, honey. Uh, But when you throw drug or alcohol addiction into the mix, my God, the toxicity level is outrageous. It's off the chart, my friend. It's no good. A lot of addicted narcissists are gonna claim that whatever their drug of choice is, enhances their lives or their personalities. Uh, you know, some narcissists uh, will say, I'm too shy when I'm not drinking, or, you know, if I don't do that drug, you know, my personality is just so blah, you know. And of course, you know, they also insist that they do have control over their addiction and we all know that actual addiction means you've lost control and it's time to move forward, but, you know, and to admit that and and move on, but we're going to get to that. Since narcissists, you know, believe that they are immune to normal human issues such as addiction or alcoholism, you know, they aren't concerned with any related health issues. So you can't say, you know, the alcohol is killing your brain cells or, you know, people die every day from heroin or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the drug is, you can't say those things to a narcissist because they don't see themselves as everyone else. They don't see themselves as someone who could be affected in that way. And if you care about the person, even though they're a narcissist, you know, um, why waste your breath, even if you don't. So, uh, the thing is the, the addicted narcissist is almost always, like I said, going to be in some kind of codependent relationship that is abusive or manipulative. Now they may have a spouse, but they may live with their mother. A lot of uh, addicts tend to move back in with mom, um, or they may, you know, have a roommate or, or a neighbor or a friend. It could be a number of things. Whoever it is, you know, I'm betting you might be one of the people in their lives if you're watching this video. You know, and you may be, you may be getting abused or manipulated and not even know it. So we're going to kind of talk about that. So addiction and narcissistic behavior. Let's talk about it. Like I said, it's a toxic combination, but according to researchers, as many as half of all the people who suffer from narcissistic personality disorder also abuse drugs, drugs and or alcohol, and a lot of them are doing it under the radar of the majority of the people in their lives. They're kind of keeping it hidden. It's a big secret, but if you're living with them or you're working with them, you probably know it um, because you're being forced into the position of an enabler whether you want to or not. Um, and this is what narcissists do with their favorite sources of supply. So it puts their psychiatrists or psychologists or doctors in a very difficult place because quite honestly, treating an addiction along with something as difficult as narcissistic personality disorder is at the very least tricky, Uh, and it leaves, you know, medical professionals, healthcare professionals, you know, even rehab specialists um, feeling like, which, you know, which disease caused the other? Was it the narcissism that caused the alcoholism or was it the alcoholism that caused the narcissism? It's, or addiction, either way. It's, it's And honestly, from what I've learned, you know, one condition does feed the other. So a lot of people are like, well, is it is it the chicken or the egg? Um, if you ask me, I think that in some cases alcohol might cause a person to appear narcissistic. But I think in a lot of cases, if you look back into your history with that person. You could, you know, if you knew them before they were addicted or, 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 um, you know, before they were an alcoholic or before, you know, and you've, and you experienced them as a narcissist during that time. And then when you found them as an addict, you know, their personality became more intense and became harder to deal with. This is very common. Okay, so, and of course, as chronic drug use has been proven to, to make the symptoms of NPD and BPD, which is narcissistic personality and borderline personality di- disorder, more prominent, more severe, you know, a narcissist is going to find himself or herself looking for more drugs or increasing ways to, you know, get that high or whatever it is they're doing to self-medicate, you know, because a lot of narcissists are so ripped up inside about, you know, and no, nobody believes me when I say this, but a lot of them just really hate themselves and that's why they... Need to self-medicate, you know, and it and like I said, it's like almost half of all the people who are diagnosed with NPD Are alcoholics or, or addicts now? Maybe that's because those are the ones that get in the system and actually get forced into a diagnosis But maybe there's something to it, right? It's it's a thought Anyway, so like I said the these narcissist addicts will develop a tolerance for their drug of choice and develop a dependence on it. I'm just going to say it one time during this video, please ignore my typos. And and that leads to their addiction, you know, of becoming fully, the addiction becomes fully established because they develop the tolerance and they develop the dependence. That is what addiction is. So like I said, since a lot of narcissists think they're above it all, including the law and basic human ethics, it's going to be tough to actually get one into treatment that's because most narcissists aren't ever going to admit that they actually need help and they make it impossible to help them in fact so this is even true when the addiction has completely taken over their lives and their hostile attitude toward treatment may also become really competitive and aggressive so it's it's a tough place to be I think Um, so when that happens then of course as they are being the narcissist that they are, they're going to devalue and they're going to discard both the value of the treatment and, of course, the professionals who are actually trying to help them. Um, And in part, this is due to their natural urge to sort of just resist authority figures um, outside of themselves, of course, because every narcissist sees themselves as some sort of authority. Um, So, yeah. Now, here's an interesting fact about narcissism and addiction. Um, It turns out that you know, as we all know, both narcissism and addiction have a common factor, shame. Uh, and here's what I found really fascinating about this, a lot of narcissists and, uh, um, and alcoholics or addicts have had some sort of trauma between 18 months and three years old, which could have caused or at least facilitated the condition that they now are sitting with either or, you know, and or situation, whether it's alcoholism, addiction, or narcissism or some combination of those three things. So you know, and according to, um, this is all according to Eric Erickson's psychosocial development stage two. Now, while it's not always the truth in every case, it can be a really good place to start in trying to figure out the cause of a narcissist's, um, condition, whether it is just straight narcissism or it's a combination of narcissism and addiction, okay? So let me ask you, do you think you're an enabler? Um, I didn't think I was either, but it turns out that I was in my case. But if you do feel like you're a victim of a narcissist who's also an and you know an alcoholic or an addict well how do you even know are you enabling it how can you know that so I'll just tell you really in briefly um, if you're trying to help a narcissist hide his or her addiction or if you're helping his, him or her procure the drugs or alcohol uh, they need to feed the addiction um, even if it's only to shut them up you're helping you're enabling that person okay so Uh, A lot of times there are two or more enablers involved for for an addict and or narcissist. One of them helps the person feel good about him or herself, the narcissist, and the other one encourages the addiction, whether it's knowingly or otherwise. They don't mean to turn a person into an addict, but maybe they just want somebody to party with, or maybe they just, you know, want somebody to drink with, or do their drugs with, or whatever, um, or for whatever reason they encourage the addiction, okay? So, and for narcissistic addicts, their primary sources of supply a lot of times are blind to the symptoms at first for a number of reasons, or if they do see them and try to call them out, they're told over and over again that quite honestly they're wrong, and they just at the very least are told they're exaggerating the issue. So a lot of times the well-meaning supply finds himself or herself believing that maybe they are wrong, maybe I'm crazy after all, you know the story, and in reality, the narcissist has just pulled yet another gaslighting job on them. Nice work. So if you hope to get your narcissist into recovery and you're not, oh here, I'm going to stop talking about the typos. Anyway, if you hope to get your narcissist into recovery, um, the first thing you obviously need to do is get him or her to admit there's a problem and that he or she has an addiction they can't control. Um, And if you do know narcissists, then you know that a narcissist might never get there, okay? And there is regardless of that regardless of how we feel about that there that's an absolutely necessary step the admission you have to admit there's a problem before you can fix the problem in any situation especially addiction or alcoholism so without it there is no hope but if you can get the narc you know the narcissist to go to rehab obviously you need to have a lot of money because or some damn good insurance because most of the narcissists that I know and most of the narcissists that I've heard about, and according to research, they require the highest end facility within a reasonable or unreasonable travel distance because you know that's how they're narcissists they want the best of the best they may abuse the staff they might cause trouble for other patients look for problems with the you know the whole setup of the whole deal holes in the treatment system they might make group therapy impossible or at the very least they might make it all about them and make it hard for other patients or or you know people in rehab to get what they need out of that service okay Um, but researchers do say that since most narcissists need to see instant results and expect others To agree that they are fully recovered in an impossibly short amount of time, a lot of narcissists don't really manage to do the steps anyway that are necessary to recover because they often can't get past the first step. And even if they do get past the first step, it's not always real because in order to for recovery processes to work, you have to actually believe the things that you say that you understand or it doesn't work. So if you don't really believe you have a problem and you continue to behave as though you don't have a problem, you aren't able to fix the problem. Okay. Um, Anyway, doctors say this stuff makes it very unlikely for a narcissist to recover from alcoholism or drug addiction, okay, Uh, their prognosis is poor, poorer than most people in this case, Um, so while you can't always necessarily help the narcissist addict directly, you can recognize that, of course, number one, his or her illusions of grandeur should not become your problem. They shouldn't be your family's problem. Instead you have to learn to invo- to avoid strengthening the narcissist's false self-image and to focus on the fact that statistically speaking a narcissist's prognosis for recovery really isn't that great. Okay um, and it's tough but it is what it is. Now there are some ways that you can help the addict and in your family and your family um, by learning some things according to this next, this next five or six items comes directly from addictionandrecovery.com, okay? Number one, they say educate yourself on addiction and recovery. You're, You're accomplishing that right now or beginning to by watching this video, okay? Number two, try not to accuse or judge the addict. Don't call him a name, don't label him or her and remember that this is a tough time for both of you. If you do need to come forward, if you're dealing with a a narcissist addict, you could try to provide a sober environment that reduces triggers for using. Again, this is only going to work if the narcissist doesn't want to do it. (laughs) I mean, doesn't want to do the drug or alcohol anymore. They have to choose that, not you, that you can't force them to. You have to allow the addict time to go to meetings, which you'll be fine with that I'm sure. Um, you have to understand that your life is going to change, your, your addict narcissist life is going to change. You don't want to wish for the old life back, oh that's, that's interesting. Your old life um, to some extent is what got you here, so you know, thinking back and going oh I wish it could be how it was when we first got together, maybe not the right choice interesting you both need to create a new life though where it's easier to not use alcohol and drugs so if you're going to get through this you're going to have to work with this person to create a new life I'm just telling you these are the steps (laughs) according to this uh, these professionals so you're gonna make sure that you both have time for fun so people use alcohol and drugs to relax escape and as a reward an addict needs to find alternative ways to relax, escape, and as a reward. Otherwise, they will turn back to their, to their addiction. This is gonna be especially difficult with a narcissist, okay, because a narcissist is going to um, have a very high threshold and a very high need for this constant excitement, 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 but they're not gonna to wanna to have to do anything as far as actually planning it or doing anything to get to it. They're just gonna want you to do it all and they're gonna just show up and look beautiful or handsome or whatever and, and have fun. It's, it's a really tough place. It's a really tough place. So just, um, Try not to enable the narcissist um, or the addict and you try to not provide excuses or cover up for the addict. And I think a lot of people in these situations do it because of their own feelings of embarrassment. When you're dealing with somebody who's a narcissist, who's an addict, you know, you're already dealing with more than most people are dealing with in in a lifetime. And so you might not want everybody to know all your dark secrets. You might want, not want everybody to know what your spouse or your parents or whoever does that makes you so feel so humiliated and embarrassed. So stop covering up for this person. This is one way that you can stop enabling that person, okay? All right, so you don't want to shield the addict from the consequences of the addiction. People are more likely to change if they have suffered enough negative consequences and this goes back to where you are as a narcissistic supply. If you're still in that situation, you know, it's very hard for you to to allow your narcissist to fall, okay? If you're still with a narcissist and they're an addict, You know, in the past, if you've allowed them to fall or you've allowed them to become embarrassed in public, um, they have probably taken that out on you directly, especially if there's any way they think you could have stopped it. So you are now so used to covering up for them and hiding everything for them that you don't even think about it before you do it. You just don't want to deal with the negative consequences of them at home. If you want to help a narcissistic addict or any addict, sometimes you just have to allow them to embarrass themselves a little bit and um, let them feel what it feels like or You know, because the negative consequences, you know, you know, the words rock bottom often are what it takes for a person to stop any sort of addiction. So you want to set boundaries that you all agree on. Uh, The goal of boundaries is going to be to improve the health of the family as a whole. So you're not going to use boundaries to punish someone or shame someone. Okay. Um, So if you want to provide financial support for this person, if they're your spouse, your child, your parents, whatever they are, um, rather than actually giving them 20 bucks or hundred bucks or 300 bucks for paying the rent or buying the groceries or whatever you're doing, you know, buy the stuff, pay the bills that they need instead of actually handing them the cash because we all know they might use that stuff to buy alcohol or drugs. That's just a common sense tip, but there it is. You know, obviously you want to recognize and acknowledge the potential the addict has within them and the same applies to a narcissist addict, except that in some cases You might know all too well what they have going on, but in either case, whether this is positive or negative, don't put yourself in a dangerous position, and if you can see something positive in the narcissist slash alcoholic addict, then put it on them. Give them something to hope for, you know. Um, Behave exactly as you would if your loved one had a serious illness. What would you do if they were diagnosed with heart disease or cancer? Um, You know. this is interesting if you think about it because if you think about the way a narcissist's mind works he really does want all of that positive feedback positive attention stuff like that Um, and so you know treating them as though they were the person who had a more much you know a very serious illness um, while it is not off base, because alcoholism and addiction are serious illnesses, I think most narcissists would actually respond to that in a kind of positive way, um, because they do like attention, and they do like somebody taking care of them, so that's something to consider for you as well, okay, Um, so let's see here, and then, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking, you know, for help dealing with an addict in your family, I've got this real quick um, rundown of resources that will help you get Started on your family recovery. Okay, so of, of course, alanon.org, this is for family members of alcoholics and close friends. Naranon, same deal for family members of addicts. Okay, um, Gamanon for or Gamanon for family members of gamblers. Uh, coda.org for codependent individuals. Adultchildren.org for adult children of alcoholics and addicts. Okay. So these are some places you can start as a family member. Now it's your turn. So I want to know what you think and what you've dealt with in this situation. Okay. Are you dealing with an addicted narcissist in your family or have you in the past? Is it someone that you love? Is it someone that you work with friends, family members? What is it? Um, and what would you say that your bigger struggles are or were during that time? Um, If you have a moment to share your stuff, your comments, your thoughts in the the comments section, I would really appreciate it because a lot of times when you do that, you actually help another person who's dealing with the same situation because we can't all say that we've dealt with exactly every situation. But if you've dealt with this one and you can offer some kind of insight to someone who maybe is also in that position, you could you could do more good than you can imagine. And pay it forward, my friend. You know what I'm talking about? Alright. So that's pretty much what I've got for today. Um like I said, my name is Angie Atkinson. I'm a certified life coach, author, and survivor of narcissistic abuse and relationships. Um, you can visit queenbeing.com and see a lot of my writing, a lot of my videos, um, and plus lots of freebies I've I've set up there for you to download, stuff you can read, stuff you can listen to, podcasts, all that stuff right there at queenbeing.com. Um, and you can also visit NarcissismSupportCoach.com. If you'd like to talk with me personally, we can talk over the phone. We can talk on Skype. Um, we can even message back and forth on Instant Messenger if you like. Google Hangouts, you pick. We'll do whatever you like. Um, my clients have various, choi- you know, various, various preferences. So, um, and then also you can visit BooksAngieRode.com to get my books. Um, I have about 20 books right now there, um, and they are all. On either narcissism and narcissistic abuse recovery or something related Um, and and there are a few that are uh, focused on you know weight loss which is again for me it was a symptom of narcissistic abuse so um, and then there's even a couple that are focused on being attractive uh, to yourself and then to the world as a result and again that was part of my recovery as well so good stuff, lots of self-confidence boosters and whatnot. So I look forward to seeing you all soon. I hope you have enjoyed this video and um, check out the rest of my channel for lots more good stuff. Have a great week and I'll see you soon.